All right. Happy Friday, everybody. We are uh, back on FinTech Fridays, episode number 14, middle of July, beautiful weather here in Michigan. And I'm super excited about my guest this week, except for the T-shirt she's wearing. Um, say hello to Catalina Kayerwan. Kayerwan. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> hello. So, yeah. Hello. Welcome. Uh, before we get rolling, I just want to share a cool story how you and I uh, first met. So this, this just really, uh, to me, speaks to the importance of, A, networking, and B, putting yourself out there. So this probably goes back two and a half years, um, which is crazy. Does it really? And <laughs> Yeah, because I was still, or maybe it was about, you know, it was, yeah, it was about two, maybe just a shade over two years ago. Uh, we were at a, an event down in Detroit, um, and the Flagstar, Flagstar uh, was in, had a, has their own FinTech accelerator, and they were down at the uh, uh, in, in, uh, Innovation Hub or whatever near Wayne State, and they were doing a show with, their latest uh, clients or companies that came through their incubator. And I think you were actually working in the building or networking in the building and kind of were like, what's going on down here? And and introduced yourself to a few folks. You introduced I don't know if you remember, you introduced yourself to Paul Orlando, who's the, mor the mortgage CIO for Flagstar. And uh, he kind of loved what he heard. He's like, you got to talk to Brian at Finlocker. I think I had just come over yeah, to Finlocker. No. So, Long story short, we, we met very randomly in Detroit um, and have kind of struck up a friendship and and a business relationship, which is super cool. And I uh, just want to tell people how important it is to just put yourself out there because you clearly did it that day, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... You may have, you may notice if you've watched any of our uh, prior episodes. I always like to kick these off by asking my guests uh, to define the term fintech. You know, what does it mean to you? Because it's it's one of those terms that just gets thrown out there. Um, but in the case of what you're doing in particular, which we'll talk about in a minute, I, I'd love to hear what the term fintech means to you. Okay, so fintech clearly uh, means technically financial technology, right? But I think a tech-enabled services that serve a financial need. But personally, as the founder of LoanSense, I view FinTech as creating greater capacity to serve underserved markets that are traditionally untouched or not as well served by traditional brick-and-mortar financial services. So I view leveraging technology and leveraging the network effects of how people live, work, and, and, and just participate in society. How can we leverage the way they currently interact with society to leverage better financial well-being in ways that traditional financial services is not doing? And that's what I view the role of FinTech as having. Love it. And, and I thank you for that. That was awesome. In 14 episodes, uh, we've got 14 different views, which I think is great. I think it speaks to, you know, um, A, it speaks to the relative youngness, if that's a word, of fintech, right? Mm -hmm. there's, it's still still a massive, there's still so much opportunity out there. 
But let's let's talk about Loan Sense and how the heck Loan Sense came to be, and maybe start by just telling your story and how how you kind of had to navigate student loan debt and how it led to the the, the creation of of this great business and company you built, Loan Sense. Yeah. So, um, I mean, my student loan story is um, very personal uh, because. I actually had to go to multiple lenders to get my first mortgage. Um, I was denied. And it wasn't until a lender sat down with me um, and explained all the things I would need to do in order to qualify. And um, I was a gig worker at the time. I'm, I'm like an archetype of my generation, right? In my 20s, I was a gig worker. I had all this student debt. I had many barriers to being able. And at that time, that was right when the Freddie policy has changed to allow you to get on a different uh, a different type of student loan plan and change the way they calculate debt to income. Well, um, my lender knew everything about that updated policy, but didn't really know anything about the student loan side. So I started researching all that on my own. Long story short, I finally closed on that house and um, my work took me to uh, Capitol Hill to work on higher education finance. And that's where I continue to learn about how broken our student loan system is and how when people take out debt or talk to financial aid officers, nobody understands how to explain repayment to individuals. And I'm saying, if a financial aid officer doesn't get it, how are individuals coming out supposed to understand what they're supposed to be doing? And they really don't understand the impacts of the decisions they make right when they graduate impacts how they can qualify for a mortgage what those future opportunities are. And there's nobody there to explain that. And so loan sense is the solution to that. So I didn't want more of my generation. I, I literally have a goal as a company. We want to uplift mortgage, um, you know, first time home buyer possibilities to more of our generation with student debt. That's literally our mission. If we can uplift the idea of like, I can't afford it. I can't get this. If we can change that narrative for our generation and get, 25% more people thinking and planning about what are the next stages to wealth building for myself and not let student loan debt make them hold them back. That would, that's a huge, you know, mission and accomplishment I, that our company could have. I, I think I saw something last week. There's, and I don't know, I can't remember the exact numbers. Does 4 million uh, ring a bell of, of uh, student debt, holders um with with government student loan debt is that is that it's number for, ring no, a bell? It's 45 million uh americans <laughs> hold student loan debt yeah, there 36 you go. million are renters and about 20 million are in the home buying demographic and if we use standard like home ownership rates about 10 million of them a little over 10 million of them should be thinking about buying over the next five years. So this is not some niche market. This is a gigantic market. And um, it's a market that, frankly, we can use their biggest pain point to solve a significant problem to transform outcomes for our generation. And so I want to use this fear of getting denied or fear of never being able to own to to create a better outcome that just builds better financial well-being, you know? And so I, I really want to change the tune of, like, we hear a lot of emotional statements, like, I finally get the light at the end of the, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Things of these types of phrases that people literally feel like this uplift and sense of relief, right? 
Um, that's what I live for. I live for better yeah. user outcomes, you know, um, through our software and our service. So let's let's peel back the onion a little bit because you you covered a lot of ground right there. Uh, and and what I really wanted people to think about, you know, this is a we're we're kind of a mortgage show. We're in the right. mortgage space. Uh, our audience kind of gets this. You talk about this massive population of folks with student loan debt. You nailed it. The 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 demographics are highly skewed to to people that are that are in that first time home buyer sweet spot, right? And absent tools like Loan Sense, they're stuck. A, a, they're either stuck because they don't know that they're not stuck, <laughs> um, or they're stuck because they don't know how to get unstuck, right? So let's, let's, take, let's go back to your situation and kind of talk, talk us through how, how you learned how to um, unravel that, that, that student loan debt spider web. Yeah, so um, first I want to say that, you know, more like great loan officers understand the mortgage credit rules, but they don't understand student loan policy. Great CPAs understand marriage tax filing separate implications, but they don't understand the change in student loan payments. Your loan servicer understands student loan rules, but don't understand impact to DTI and mortgage closing potential. So we literally are creating tools that connect where other financial professionals are missing the answers to so that people can make more informed decisions and understand that if I enroll in this income-driven plan, this will help me reduce my debt to income by X. It will help me qualify for Franny versus Freddie versus FHA, USDA, whatever the mortgages are qualifying for, by this much, I can actually increase my affordability. Our users on average, $98,000. We explain that impact so that there's not this void of like, how do I Google the answers to my very personal situation? And there are no tools out there that answer these, these questions that are at the intersection of, I have a lot of debt, my DTI is high, and... What is the action plan I need to activate in order to overcome this issue in a way that's guided? Loan Sense will even file their paperwork, you know, to help them enroll in these programs and will be there to answer questions along the way. So how it works specifically for, to unravel for me, like at that time was 2014, the loan officer explained the DTI aspects to me, but didn't really know. They just said, call your servicer, right? That's what a lot of LOs say call your servicer. Well, it's not as simple. You have to file paperwork. And especially right now, student loan payments are being paused. Servicers literally a month ago just activated their ability to let someone call and get themselves out of pause before you had to file paperwork because there was no huge administrative pause like what we're seeing now. So all these different changing processes, people just don't know how to self-advocate. They don't know the questions to ask. They don't know the action to complete. And 2% of those individuals, if you say, go call your servicer, if they don't qualify that moment without doing something, jigging their student loans, you're not going to get them back because the process is overwhelming. It takes too much. They have other things they got to worry about. They disappear. Whereas if you just had a connective ecosystem that said, okay, you need to do something with your student loans. These people can help you. This is the onboarding process. Go. We can keep you in the loop. And, and like estimate right away, what is the increased affordability? 
help them enroll and then bring them back to you so that they're not lost in this web of like, what are the options? Where do I go? What am I supposed to ask? What am I supposed to file? Where, where, what, where, like what debt do I pay off first? I have, you know, so there's all these pending questions that I think LOs oftentimes, you know, there isn't enough time in the day to sit down and counsel each person. This is what you do. And then there's, there's just not enough resources. And then people don't know where do I trust? What do I trust? And so many of you Google student loans and mortgage. So many people will push you to refinance your student loans, which can actually delay you from closing or as well as consolidation. And people just don't understand these actions. They just see like a lower interest rate, similar to mortgage, right? You see, I can go to that LO, that lender because they're going to give me a lower interest rate. I'm like, that's not real. You might not yeah. even qualify for that. You know what I mean? So You, you hit a, a, a good point there with, um, with refinancing, right? You, there's two things I want to I want to kind of peel back, and and I've never had student loan debt, and thankfully my kids didn't have to have student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let me rephrase that. I never personally had student loan debt, and my kids didn't have student loan debt. That meant I paid their. You were their student loan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there was, and I think they were immediately forgivable. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> what, when, as you and I started to uh, kind of talk about your your product and how you help consumers, you you shed a light for me on. I I guess I just assumed student loan. You get a student loan. You get one student loan, and that's it, right? That's not it. You. you I think you did, you described a scenario with dozens. Yeah, you can originate two to four loans every single semester, and you and your parents can also originate loans. And so every semester you get a new loan originated at a different interest rate. Every academic year, Congress sets the interest rates. So you may, and then if you go back to grad school, the interest rates from undergrad versus grad school may be vastly different. Um, so then you could have 20 student loans. Oh, by the way, that could possibly be with different student loan servicers, another thing. Yes. And because of the time gap of when you took them out, they could also be eligible for different repayment plans. So there's just layers of complexity that um, it's just hard to give a blanket, go on income-based repayment you can't give that blanket statement for everybody as the best course of action because you don't know what right. student loan they have, when they took it out, what their interest rates are, what the options are. Is consolidation the right answer? We don't know. What's their payment history? There's a lot of different factors that determine what the best answer is for their student loan. Um, and then also other factors that take into place, okay, what's the best option to now qualify and reduce the debt to income, right? And sometimes they're separate, right? So it's just yeah. helping people navigate that and having a digitized way to just connect all your student loans you've ever originated, all 20 of them, if that's your case, that spits out the best course of action based on your goals, you know, and that can enroll all the appropriate paperwork to realize that goal and there's and there's also for the people that aren't aware there's a big difference between the the government uh student loans right and then private and and this is why i think why you caution 
people not to just rush to a refinance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because this is another thing I learned. Yeah, re- those refinances, most of those are private. Right? Yeah, so refinance is always um, privatizing your student loans, and um, there there could actually. Well, first of all, the majority of Americans don't qualify to refinance because you have to have um, stellar credit. You have to have, you know, uh, work history that shows you can earn stable income. Uh, you, so in, in which case, if you don't, then you have to have a parent like Brian to co-sign for you. And then now it's going to be like his liability, right? So there's a lot of different factors that a lot of Americans can't meet um, those requirements. I, I have a doctor recently tell me, um, he earns 500000 a year, and he said he got turned down for refinance. I'm like, why? <laughs> and they're like, because his credit score is under 700 because of the amount of debt and other various factors of credit card debt and things he got into while he was in medical school, and they won't let him refinance. Uh, and I'm like, that's unbelievable to me that they wouldn't let you refinance. Yeah. Like, what kind of story does that tell, right? They're like, oh, they said I could refinance in a year after I have more work history. I'm like, oh, my God. So anyways, the point yeah. is, is very few Americans qualify to refinance. And also, when you refinance, you lose access to federal protections. Like, the government automatically gives you disability um, protection. So if you become permanently disabled as defined by your doctor, like early onset Parkinson's even, that's considered permanent disability, you can get your student loans forgiven. You know, um, if you die, you don't have someone co-signing that now has to pay your student loans. Things like that, you waive. If you lose your job, you can get on a lower payment plan. You can't do those things when you um, privatize your student loans. You lose those protections. So let's, I think now we've painted the picture. We've clearly <laughs> Way too many <laughs> described, we've described the mess that is, that is student, student loans, right? And specifically how uh, that mess impacts someone's ability to buy a house and get a mortgage. So now I'm a student debt holder. I've got eight loans or whatever. And I'm, and I'm introduced to loan sense through one, through a loan officer, right? Mm-hmm. Who says, Hey, if you, I'm going to send you over to Loan Sense. They're going to show you how. Uh, they're going to not only show you, but they're going to help you lower your payments because you're eligible to have your payments lowered. And then once that's done, your DTI is going to go from 62% to 41%, and I'm going to be able to get this mortgage for you, and you're off to the races. Let's talk about the technology that you built to to do that work. Yes, and I'm glad because Brian's been part of seeing our technology since the very start. So it's come such a long way. But basically, uh, we created a super easy plug-and-play front end that loan officers and lenders can can basically put on their website, just have a link anywhere they want um, that allows a consumer to estimate the increased purchasing power or purchasing budget of a consumer by Uh, considering a federal program, right, if they have federal student loans. And then our platform will actually have them answer a few questions. They connect all their student loans. And we, based on, again, a goal, if home buying is their goal, they set that goal, we output the best plan and we enroll that paperwork. So an LO, the best way is to obviously go to our partner. Like if you go to myloansense.com and we have a partner page, you can um, basically, we, we have a link there to get started, find out more about how to get this ampli- purchasing amplifier tool. 
um, and we get you one and you could start automatically letting consumers use that. And we're launching a partnership very soon. I probably shouldn't say it because I haven't gotten permission to say it yet, but it'll give you access to other tools as well um, <laughs> that uh, will allow you to demonstrate the value of this increased purchasing power and we'll automatically invite your consumer to get started with us. And, or you, if, if you're old school and just wanna like send someone over through like a phone call or, or just sending them over and we'll onboard them, that could be done as well. So whatever style works best, we can accommodate it as long as there's no faxing. You know, we do have fax, but you know, we don't, we don't go back, we don't go back that old school, you know? <laughs> no crinkly paper. Uh, so th that's cool because what I'm hearing is uh, what comes to mind is this term that I love, which is high tech and high touch. You have you have the technology that you built with Loan Sense that, like you said, links those student loan accounts, runs the analysis to 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 find the best plan program for that consumer based on their goals and objectives. Um, but then you have the concierge service. Um, which is also part of this. It's, yeah. This is a this is a complicated process. Um, I, I would argue, based on what I've come to know over the last two years, just kind of uh, having these conversations, that this is actually more complicated than doing taxes, um, which is which is insane. <laughs> well, yeah, it's complicated if your student loan situation is super complicated and you can't afford the full monthly payment. Two-thirds of Americans can reduce their payments through these federal programs. And it is our concierge service basically allows, um, as soon as they purchase our concierge service, they get assigned a student loan advisor. Uh, they could, if they're, you know, we have digital-only kind of audiences that want to text and enroll and just ask a few questions. And then we have people that want to hop on a video call to, like, see the person they're talking to and make sure they're getting good advice. So... We'll roll with the punches however the consumer wants to work, but we're accessible to validate any of their questions before they click enroll. We send them EDOC signatures um, and submit the paperwork uh, to the federal government student loan, their student loan servicer. And then within two to three weeks, they get a letter back that confirms that lower payment plan. And that letter can be submitted for the um, home buying underwriting process. So. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. So if, if everything lines up perfect from the time a consumer starts with you to the time they get that, that confirmation that their payment's been reduced, maybe three weeks at the law, you know, again, they've got to do, they got to do all their work. But, yeah, uh, as uh, long as they're not in default or yeah. some type of, um, yeah, totally depends on, it could take three weeks, two to three weeks if they're on it. But if they defaulted or have a complex situation um, or have had many issues, um, you know, filing their paperwork, making payments, et cetera, that, that's where things get a little more complicated. If we don't have to rehabilitate their student loan or something because they haven't paid it in yeah. years and they need to get out of that CADVIR system or whatever, like, then it should be about three weeks time or even less. Yeah, which is cool. And, and more and more, uh, well, today... <laughs> One of the major impediments to buying a home is lack of inventory. But so, so most more and more first-time home buyers, it, it's a process that's going to take them some period of time. And I think the the takeaway for for those uh, that are watching and listening that are 
in the origination business directly, especially loan officers, you ought to reach out to, to Catalina and LoanSense and get hooked up with, with her platform um, because you're going to be, you're going to have, based on the numbers we talked about when we started the show, there's a massive amount of, of uh, first-time homebuyers over the, you know, the next 10 years that are going to, that are going to come in with saddled with this student loan debt. And this is a tool that you as a loan officer can, can give to your customer that just, to me, it just adds to the, uh, the trust level that you build with your customer. So, um, yeah, it's like a marketing, I, I mean, it's like a marketing message you're yeah. showing. The marketing message you're showing is you're the person I want to work with because I care about your pain points. You're dealing with this debt. It's impacting you. I care. Let me help. That's the message. Even if you know nothing about student loans, I mean, you don't need yeah. to send them to us, but, but the message you're telling them is I care enough to provide this resource that most at this point, most lenders don't have. If we do well, yeah. maybe many lenders will have it soon, but you know, change <laughs> is slow. <laughs> this was awesome, Catalina. I think everyone, uh, I know I learn, every time I talk to you, I learn more and more about this this crazy business and uh, with student loans and love the work that, that LoanSense is doing. I think it, it definitely is mission oriented and, and uh, hats off to you and your team for, for the great work you're doing. I know, I know you're making traction in the mortgage space, which is awesome. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap by just maybe sharing something with our, our audience about who is Catalina outside of loan sense. What, what, what's, what's your story? I love it. I feel like, uh, I live and breathe it as a founder, right? But, um, yeah, of course. who am I? So I came to Michigan by accident by going to the raw school of business, but, um, I am a Floridian. Uh, I love the ocean. Um, I have a dog. Um, I love <laughs> to travel the world. And I think um, I bring a unique perspective, you know, as people are aging in the lending space, in the mortgage industry, um, that I think will better enable us to solve the problems of our generation. And that's really what I aspire to. Love it. And, and, I know for a fact you're very passionate about that, that helping uh, consumers and really you, you've, you've pinpointed that pain point in the mortgage buying process. And, and again, I commend you and your team for all the, the great work you guys are doing. So thanks. thank you. Thanks for, for jumping on. This has been fun. Um, I'll, I'm sure we'll, uh, our, well, we're, we're kind of neighbors and as far as mortgage goes, we're, probably 30 minutes away. So I think a uh, post-pandemic lunch is in order. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> thanks for All right. Thanks for, thanks for joining. And everybody, thanks for, for joining our show again. We'll see you next time. All right.